Welcome to Sliding Doors, the podcast that delves into the decisions and moments that shape our lives. I am Jenny Becker, and throughout my life, career and relationships, I've always been fascinated with the notion that everything happens for a reason, alongside my love for the 90s movie classic, Sliding Doors. Have you ever really thought about those moments that shaped your life? Those decisions that could have gone either way in the opportunities presented to you? What if you had taken that job? or told that person in high school how much you liked them. Each episode, I will talk to some amazing people from all walks of life and chat about their sliding doors moments. We will reflect on how a decisional moment changed the course of their lives and how things might have looked if they had never happened. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before we start today's episode, I'd love to share a podcast recommendation. 40 Minute Mentor with James Mitra. Much like our own show, James aims to inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs by providing accessible mentorship and guidance from some of the most influential leaders in the business. Whether you're just beginning your career or looking for advice in taking the leap into starting your next venture, the show is designed to cover everything from the ground up in the next 40 minutes. In a brand new episode of the show launching next Wednesday, James will be joined by Rebecca Seal, journalist, author, and host of Solo Collective Podcast. Head over to Apple, Spotify, and all major platforms and listen now to 40 Minute Mentor. Now, let's get started with this week's episode of Sliding Doors. My guest today is Sarah Lindsay. Sarah is a three-time Olympian, European gold medalist, and 10-time British speed skating champion. She is also a personal trainer like no other, and is one of London's most recognised celebrity trainers, to the likes of Ellie Goulding, Nick Grimshaw, Mel B and Pierce Morgan. Alongside her own athletic experience, Sarah was also the strength and condition coach for several Team GB figure skaters, taking two of her athletes to the 2010 Winter Olympic Games in Vancouver. Sarah has now retired as an athlete and made the transition into full-time coaching and crossed over into the personal training industry with her fitness company, Raw. She has become one of London's most recognised female personal trainers and the incredible results she achieves with her clients are a reflection of her innate ability to inspire people into reaching their own personal best. 
She has achieved so much in her life and career so far and truly practices what she preaches, empowering people to take control of their lives. And I cannot wait to find out all about her sliding doors moments. So welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thank you. Well, what an intro. Well, you've done it. I mean, you've had such a brilliant life and career so far. Um, and I guess I want to take it back because um, I may be wrong, but I don't know if the dream was always to be a speed skater from when you were younger. So I'd love to know what was Sarah's dreams? What were you like at school? How did you get into speed skating? Oh, I was a little terror. <laughs> uh, so no, I am um, super hyperactive and so my parents sent me to every sports club going. So uh, before and after school, I did something, you know, and lots of different sports, like I said. And I think um, some of that's just to give them a rest, I think. Yeah. <laughs> have like an hour where they could just sit and get sit. rid of all your energy. Yeah, exactly. And then hopefully calm me down before going into the classroom. Um, so yeah, I, I was figure skating. So I, I did, you know, figure skating and ice dance. And then someone was talent spotting and asked if I wanted to try speed skating. And I think because I did so many different sports, I was kind of athletically quite well developed at quite yeah. a young age. So the more athletic side of things, I was naturally quite good at. Yeah. Um, maybe potentially not as good at the dancey stuff. <laughs> um, I wasn't so keen on the dresses. I was a bit of a tomboy. So it was kind of a natural move for me. And I did quite well quite quickly, which obviously everyone wants to be good at what they yeah. do. So I started to like that sport more. Um, and then I had to start picking which sports I was going to specialise in. And I picked speed skating over figure skating. But that was super young. I made that decision. Yeah. Or nine, maybe. Amazing. And I guess like it makes a bit of sense now, because as you say, if you had a lot of energy, like using it in the speed stuff must have been like perfect for you. Yeah, I think kind of it was kind of designed absolutely for me. <laughs> Um, and I still, I'm still like that now, you know, so I wake up at five o'clock and I'm like this bundle of energy and I just want to get everything done as quickly as possible. Uh, and then by nine o'clock I'm like unconscious and I can't even have a conversation. So I try and get as much done at the beginning of the day as I can. As you can. That's great. And it's great that you can use that in something that you're so good at as well. And I mean, how was competing in the Olympics? Cause as we said, you've been there three times. Um, we've obviously had the Olympics this year as well. So how was it being a competitor? was it quite like a dream come true for you was it was it what was the experience like um I think so sometimes it sounds a a little bit arrogant but I don't think you can be eight years old but I think even at that age I knew I was going Mm -hmm. but I never thought not for one moment or one day did I ever think I wasn't going to go to the Olympics you need that determination it can get you to where you want to be to be honest, I think it's actually my, if that was my environment. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I wasn't a trailblazer. I didn't find a new way or anything like that. And those people I always really admire. The people around me were going to the Olympics. My, my club teammates were going. So of course I, I was like, well, he's going. So yeah, my, it was like I, a normal thing. Yeah, it's just normal. So that was what I was going to do. And I think um, when it's, I don't know, when that's really ingrained in you and it's never in question, it just naturally happens. And I just yeah. naturally did all the things I needed to do to get there and when you look back at it and you know in, in, repres- in retrospect um it probably wasn't a given you know yeah. I had loads to do and I could have made lots of different decisions which I'm you know will go into and um, that could have taken me a different way but um it kind of felt like a an easy choice I never yeah. had to to you know really decide it was kind of sort of paved for me already if you like and was it a was it a stressful environment? As you say, did, was it everything you expected it to be? Like, did you did you thrive off the energy of being there? Like, I can't even imagine what it's like to be an Olympian. 
So, I mean, it's, it's kind of a peaks and troughs of the yeah. whole, the whole event is huge. And it's not just you turn up and you're at the Olympics. You know, there's, I mean, there's four years of, of prep for it really. And that seems like such a long time, but it goes by so quickly. Yeah. And this thing comes around and you have, um, you have a holding camp. So you go away for maybe a month to the country that you're competing in. So you can acclimatize and get over jet lag and all that stuff and have plenty of time to still um, get some really good training and preparation in. So um, your head is in the game for so yeah. long before you actually compete. And I think you've run through it so many times and you're so well prepared. And really you're doing something that is the thing you're best at. Yeah. The thing I was best at in the world was speed skating. So, you know, it's just speed skating. It's just my sport. It's just what I do. So really, although it's on this huge stage, it's still all part of what yeah, I did expect it to be, to be as it was, to be honest. And it's this huge fanfare and this huge event. Um, but I, I think I was very well prepared for it. And I didn't have a lot yeah. of pressure on me. My first one, I was, I was fairly young. I was 21. Um, and I wasn't expected to, to win anything. So it's kind of nice going into it in that, in that way. And obviously you put pressure on yourself and yeah. stuff. Um, I didn't have that expectation on me. So it's kind of, easy and I got to really enjoy the whole event that's so good because I guess I was going to ask are you someone that like winning means everything to you or is it the taking part because I guess like we all say it's the taking part but I mean no, I, the Olympics yeah. take part. <laughs> win, right? um, I knew that I wouldn't that first one yeah um so I you know you make peace with it and I but I was it's not like I was going to lose it was part of my journey so this is going to be my experience games this is where I'm going to sort of get over the nerves and learn how it all works and get used to the idea of it and prepare myself for the one that's going to be my big one. So, um, yeah, everybody goes to win. Everybody wants to win. Nobody goes to take part. You're not an Olympian for that. Yeah. Um, but you do have different stages of your, of your career. So even though, you know, my first one, I wasn't expected to win. I, I still, in my head, I was going to win just yeah. like, you know, well, you have to, sometimes you've got to like see what that end goal is to like push yourself to the best you can do. And I guess I'm really also interested in raw because I think it's such a brilliant concept what you, what you do. And I think you've been able to take everything that you've learned and like really like push other people and get the best out of them. Can you explain a bit about what like your passion is and the concept and why you started raw in the first place? Well, when I finished skating, it's, you know, it's this, so all-consuming thing and it's all you care about and it's all you do and it means everything to you. Every single thought you have and every decision you make, whatever it is, is all about your performance and it's yeah. you know, performing at your next training session means everything to you. Mm -hmm. If you skate fast one day, you're winning the Olympics. If you skate a slow lap one day, it's all over and it's, you know, it's yeah, very so many now. highs and lows. Yeah. And you, you know, you put everything into it and it's, like I said, it's, it's really all that matters to you. The reason um, I started it was because I, when I retired, I started personal training and it was like the obvious sort of move for me and I qualified a long time ago, but it just, it just wasn't enough. It didn't get me enough. It wasn't, there's no risk. There was no, you know, it was a nice life and I enjoyed my job and I was learning my trade, but I needed something to really push me. Yeah. I needed to take a risk and I wanted to do something better. And I saw, 
everything that was missing in the industry. And with my experience as an athlete, there were things that I could bring to the table that other people hadn't seen or hadn't thought about. So I thought, you know what, I can do this better. Mm. Um, And I wanted it to be my thing and I wanted it to be my vision. Um, So yeah, I got to work. It took a while. People always think this thing just popped up, but it it took me years to, to get this ready and to get it open. And, you know, I lost a business and started again and stuff. So lots of highs and lows on that journey as well. Um, but I had to do something that felt risky. Yeah. I mean, I think we all do. And it's such an incredible concept. And as I say, you've helped so many people, I guess, you know, it's not just you fulfilling your dream, but you're also helping others fulfill theirs. And again, you name names or not name names, but who's the best person that you have trained celebrity, non-celebrity, just like the best kind of, um, achievement that you felt from giving someone that journey you know what it's never it's always about what they what they want and what they want to achieve and how much it means to them so there's things on paper that might seem you know like a bigger deal um and that you know translates to sport as well there are things that on paper look really really good but it's not necessarily that race or that win that really got you it might have been something else and you know what you did to overcome it and get that third place and instead yeah. of the world, that meant more to you um and it's the same with clients it's not necessarily the best transformation or the best before and after or the one that got on the cover of men's health and things like that or you know the biggest name celebrity it's when it really matters to mm-hmm. somebody and you know where they're where they're coming from and why they're doing it and why it's so personal and you know how it's affecting their life in a negative way how they're you know currently feeling about themselves or you know something medical that they need help with and they need to overcome or that you know they need help getting stronger for a really serious reason yeah you know what their journey is and you know why they and then at the end of the time that they're you know they're with you after 12 weeks and they feel incredible and they've got all this confidence or they've overcome something that they never thought they could and you help and get there that's the most rewarding thing that's the thing that really gets me and I'm really really passionate about yeah it must be so great because to have a job where you can feel the rewards like that and know how much you've helped someone and see as you say see their journey I think a lot of people I speak to it isn't the big flashy moments or that type of thing it's really just seeing that even if someone's goal was really small if they can make that goal and you've been a part of that it's brilliant means to them yeah you you know it's not for gloating it's not for your glory it's really what it means to that person how how much you affect them or how you can really help them move forwards in their life and there are things that you know sometimes there are are things that really can get in the way of people's lives or and it's like a super personal thing but I have people who have gained some weight and their partners haven't seen them with their clothes off in five years and I know that sounds you know it sounds like it might be silly or it's really personal but it's huge it's like your partner doesn't think you're interested in them anymore it's like connection with them is now over just because you gained a bit of weight and they don't care mm-hmm. but even it's how you feel about yourself so with things like that and you know the person gets to reconnect with their partner or something like that it you know that's actually huge for somebody's life and nobody really knows or sees it from the yeah. outside but people open up to you and they tell you why they're doing this and what their motivation is and you get to know people you know really well and they open up to you and they tell you these things and you're like wow, that actually completely changes your relationship with the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Mm -hmm. 
what's more important than that? Yeah, it's so true. And actually, when you said before that you saw kind of like a gap in the market before you started it, it is true because I think what you do is so unique to people that, you know, it's not sometimes about, you know, being massively overweight and wanting to lose it. We all have little things that niggle us or, you know, some people don't want to ever show their arms or their legs and it's their personal, you know, hang up that you can really help um, transform and transform people's lives. I love it. Before we start talking about your moments, I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts and theories around those moments in our lives that, you know, shape where we go? We've got one path we can go down another. Do you think it's fate? Do you think everything happens for a reason? Do you think we're just make a decision and that's what happens? What are kind of your thoughts around the concept? I think, um, I kind of don't, I don't think it's like already a design. I think you're in control of that. Um, but I do think that any tiny change or any small decision can have such a huge impact on your life, on your mm. next decision or how you feel about your next decision, but also on everybody else's. Yeah. One thing that you say to somebody else can change how they feel that day, how they speak to the next person, how that person interacts with it, it spreads so fast. Mm -hmm. So, and I think you can just change directions so quickly. One tiny move in your life can completely change everything. Yeah. I think you just, I think you really have to embrace where you're going and what you're doing and, you know, stand by your decisions, like whatever it is, commit to it. I'm a big believer in that. You know, you, you make a decision, you go for it. You don't give up. You fight for what you want and take charge. Mm -hmm. And it's such an interesting point that you say, because you're right. We sometimes just think about us and our slang doors moments, but actually how can we affect other people's moments and the things that they do? And, you know, I even think about it sometimes when you, when I'm driving, I'm like, you know, I let that person through and get turn left quicker. Did they make an appointment earlier or not? You know, there's lots of little things that we can go down to it. But I guess with what you do in your life and your career, it very much, you know, you can be part of their sliding doors moments as well. Course. So we'll get right into them. So your first moment. I'm really excited to chat about this one because I think it's a really um detailed moment that I think you'll explain a lot better than me, but I think it really shows that you know you could have gone somewhere so different to where you are now. So you said there's always one moment that stands out to you when you were 17 and you were skating full time on the national team and a moment happened at the national trials where you became very close to quitting. So um, you kind of say everything was suffering at this time. You were spreading yourself too thin. You started to kind of lose your races and you were kind of slowly spiraling downwards. Do you want to kind of explain what happened in this moment and why it stands out to you so much? Well, so yeah, like you say, I was 17. I was still at college um, I'd moved out of home because I needed to be nearer the ice rink because I wanted to skate full time. Um, so, and I was also having to work to pay my rent because I'd left home. Yeah. Um, and basically all of these things were suffering. I had to work because I had to pay my rent. So that was a, you know, a non-negotiable. Um, I was doing terribly at college. I didn't really care about it. It didn't really get me because I wanted yeah. to skate. Um, but I started to resent the skating a little bit because I wasn't doing very well because I was knackered. Um, and like you say, I was spreading myself too thin. So on paper, I had certain, certain criteria that I had to make to qualify for the World Cup team. Yeah. Um, and which, so it's at national trials and I qualified for, for all these things. I ticked off all the boxes that were set by the national coach. 
And then we have a meeting afterwards and it's announced who's been selected to, to be part of the World Cup team. And that's for the whole year. Yeah. And um, my coach who I'd committed to and I, you know, he was my coach, my chosen coach and the national coach chose somebody else who hadn't made those qualifications yeah. and had also hadn't committed. They weren't there. They weren't training or anything, but he, he picked somebody else. And I had a meeting with him afterwards and, and I was obviously furious and devastated. Yeah. And I said, Why have you picked me? I've done everything. And he said, you don't deserve it. He said, you're not committed. You don't train hard enough. You're not eating properly. Um, and it really, it hit me like a I was going to say, was it like, what? I was like, how dare you? I was furious. Yeah. Furious and absolutely devastated. And I... You know, I had a big sulk for sort of 24 hours or whatever. I went home and I was, you know, I was like, right, screw you. I'm yeah. out, you know, and I, I came so, so close. I think that time of my life as well, when you're a teenager um, and, you know, maybe a little more volatile or a bit more fiery, if you like. And I very, very nearly quit that day. I thought, you know what? screw it. I'm going to do something else. I don't care anymore. You know, I'm not, I'm not very good anyway. And I wasn't winning and, and stuff. So, um, and then I really thought about it for the next sort of, I don't know, just maybe a day or something. And I thought, do you know what? I've got a year. I know I'm not going to be funded. I'm not on the national team. The trials to get back on the team is in a year's time. It seems so long. I can't even. So long. That. Yeah. Um, but I said, you know what? I'm going to, put my education on standby. I'm going to quit college. I'm going to commit to this because you can't turn back time. I can educate mm -hmm. myself whenever I like, but you can't turn back the clock. If I stop skating, that's it. It's over. So yeah. I thought, I'll give myself a year. I will put everything into it. Um, and I hadn't been before, to be honest. I've been trying and trying to juggle, but, you know, I thought I was maybe better than I was. Um, but I put everything into it and I spent the year really, and I had a lot of sacrifices to make because then I wasn't supported. You know, I didn't have my coach or anything and I had to find somebody else to help me. Um, but I came back one year later at the national trials and I won everything. Wow. It, you had no choice but to select me. Yeah. Um, I won everything. I broke British records. I was absolutely flying and unstoppable and you couldn't have denied me that spot. And really I was grateful you know what he mm -hmm. did that day I mean I was you know mad at him for quite a long time but what he did that day really showed me what it what it takes and what I needed to do and I couldn't because I was talented it all comes quite easy for you when you're young when you're just yeah. to be the best you just go for it granted um and it got to the point where actually that talent sort of wore off and I had to really put the work in and that taught me a, a solid work ethic and it sort of showed me how strong my mind could be. Mm -hmm. um, so that was that was a big one for me. And then I made so that then I made the national team. I raced on the World Cup circuit, um, and then my first Olympics was you know three years later. But I almost didn't. You know, I was very close. It wasn't yeah. just like one day tantrum. That was I was like, you know, I need to I need to really pull my finger yeah. out and prove myself here. Do you reckon that was his intention all along? I don't know. <laughs> but I'd like to say, yeah, but maybe he just didn't like me. I don't know. Maybe he, or maybe he was right. I didn't, I mean, I didn't deserve it at the end of the yeah. day. So, um, and I got myself into some terrible eating habits and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was, I was very underweight and making myself kind of ill. And of course I couldn't skate in those yeah. conditions. So not only did, um, did it help me become the athlete that I became, but it also forced me to get over those, those issues you know, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't, I couldn't have those problems. Yeah. I had to eat 
if you want to if you want to skate you want to but you want to do your best you do have to totally. look after yourself and eat properly so that instantly disappeared for me which was very which was very lucky because very quickly that can turn into something much much worse yeah um, but yeah it helped that it did I don't care if it was you know his intention or if he just wanted it to worked be, I don't care go with it, it yeah it so <laughs> definitely and I guess there's two paths I want to discuss with you because I guess there's thinking about what do you think would have happened? And again, I don't know if this will be a nice thing to think about. What do you think would have happened if you had been selected at that time? So if, you know, you thought you were going to be selected, everything. Do you think, you know, as you said, it would have quickly spiraled out of control because you just were spreading yourself too thin. You weren't your healthiest. Do you reckon you wouldn't have kind of regrouped with yourself and really thought about, you know, the right things to do and how to do it? I mean, not then, not at that moment. I wouldn't because I was yeah. still, I would have still been doing, achieving what I needed to achieve, but it was the bare minimum. Yeah. So this, you know, forced me to go, to go beyond that. And maybe that would have happened later. Um, I would have failed at some point though, you know, yeah. it wouldn't have worked. I'd have gone to World Cups. So I would have lost everything. And maybe, maybe I'd have been given my shot and it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have come around again. So I, I always think, I never have any regrets. And I always look back on things. I think that was the way it was supposed to go. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. And as you say, like when we're teenagers, first of all, like a year seems like forever to have to wait. But number two, I think you say as well, like we, we take, we, we're not, we've not learned about rejection. We've not had those experiences and we can't see that, you know, sometimes it's just not your time. And I think the fact that you, you kind of took that and as you say, had your little tantrum, but then you got over that, you know, really built you into someone that kind of, you know, you are today. And I guess, Again, if you had quit, because you said you were very close to it, do you ever think like, what would you be doing now? I mean, it sounds like you would have stayed in some form of, you know, the fitness realm and competed in something. But do you ever think, what would you have done? Maybe not. Maybe at that time, because that was a, that was a time where, like when you're a teenager, you don't, you don't want to put yourself out there. I didn't want to try and fail. And I was embarrassed and body conscious and all those mm-hmm. things. So maybe I wouldn't have gone down that route. I didn't have a lot of confidence. Um, so maybe, you know, I was I was working and I had like a bit of a social life that mm-hmm. was outside of sports. So maybe I'd have just followed a, another path and, you know, sort of be doing that kind of thing. Yeah. I, was working, I was working in a shop and I had, you know, a nice group of friends in, in the shop and stuff. So maybe I would have, you know, stayed there and done something along those lines. Who knows? You never know. And I guess that's what I love thinking about in this podcast, because I think that it's nice to, yeah, but it's good because it's, I guess it's sometimes just good to appreciate like all those things. As you say, we can look back and I think, have, have you learned a lot then about, I think it's a massive thing that we all have to deal with in the world at the moment is spreading ourselves too thin, taking on too much. Do you think that experience has helped you like further on in your life? Like, do you, are you someone now that is very conscious of making sure that you have the time and you can give the effort and energy to everything that you do I'm quite good at prioritizing and Mm. I'm actually really good believe it or not at switching off yes so because I like I said I have all this energy but I recognize that by the evening there's no point in me trying to work so you know a few fair few years ago I gave up on that um I will get up at four and yeah but there's no point it's just it's I'm not productive and it isn't healthy. And I always prioritize my own health. I have to, you know, I have to set a good example and I do really try and look after myself and optimal health is very, very important for me um, because I want to be able to perform. Yeah. And that's, you know, in my job and look at, you know, I look after a lot of people and have a lot of staff and I have to be on top form for them, which means I have to look after myself. Mm-hmm. 
And I, that's something that I've, I've definitely learned that you have to make yourself a priority and your own health and well-being has to be important. Otherwise, you just don't do as well. So true. It's such a great message because it all filters down. And actually, when you're running a company, you need to set that precedence. You know, I'm super lucky, I think, in the fact, in the fact that it's my business. I've, I'm really working, still working on creating the life that I want. Yes. So, you know, I used to get up and go straight into work and I'd be, you know, training people at six in the morning. Um, but actually what I want at that time when I have energy and I feel really good, I want that time for myself. So to look after you. Hour of the day, I don't look at my phone. I don't look at emails. Nothing good comes through at, you know, six exactly. in the morning. Exactly. Yeah. I don't look at it. And, you know, because that starts all the, you know, mm-hmm. the thoughts and everything. So, you know, I have the first hour of the day, 100% to myself. Um, which sounds kind of indulgent, but... It doesn't at all. It sounds actually extremely smart. It's before anything can come at you. Yeah. Things that are going to happen and then you don't prioritise yourself later on. So I have the first hour, 100% to myself and I do whatever I want in that hour. So whether that's going for a walk or a cycle or even just, you know, getting outside. I'm, I'm an outdoor person, so I'll take my coffee outside with my barefoot on the grass with my yeah. cat or whatever and just breathe and smile and try and feel good mm-hmm. um which you know it's a, it's a form of meditation at the end of the day but it's it makes me feel so much better and I feel mm-hmm. so much more alive and have loads more energy and I feel much more positive and then you know I'm giving that to everybody all day long so yeah. I need to do that for myself first thing Definitely. I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to, I'm going to start doing that an hour to myself. Round in the garden, stand okay. on, on natural floors, or stand on the grass. Yes. Take deep breaths. I'm sound like such a hippie, but just take deep breaths, close your eyes and smile. You instantly are happier if you smile. If you physically smile, everyone's yeah. mad, but if you physically smile, you can't help but feel happier. It's so true. No, I'm gonna gonna start that, and I encourage yeah. everyone listening to start that as well. <laughs> um, so on to your second moment. So um, this is a bit of a love story of how you met your husband. So you put um, your moment is when and how you met your husband. So you were at the end of your sporting career, and you actually turned down an opportunity which led you to meet your husband. So um, what was the opportunity? How did you turn it down? How did you meet your husband? Tell us everything. Well, basically, when I finished. Um it was, you know, a kind of a sad ending for me in my in my sport because I was disqualified. So mm-hmm. I was I was skating my best ever, and I was really flying. Um, and I felt it's very very rare for me to have felt mega confidence. And going into that last Olympics, I did, and I knew that I was skating really well, and I peaked. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I got disqualified for something. It wasn't even a rule, and it was a very you know difficult pill to swallow. Um, and somebody asked if I wanted to try um, cycling. So we did a lot of cycling in our sort of cross training and our training um, in the summer. And I was pretty strong. Somebody asked if I wanted to try track cycling. Um, and, you know, I, I looked fairly competitive. And um, but I decided, so I got offered to go trial in Manchester. And basically, my partner at the time, I'm definitely not blaming blaming him because I, you know, I'm responsible for myself, but yeah. he he didn't really want me to do it. And he waited, you know, fair enough. He'd waited a long time for me to finish my sport so that we could actually have a decent relationship. It'd be normal, yeah. Traveling the whole time. And I thought, you know what, he's put up with so much of me being away for so long and everything. He didn't want me to go into another sport and have to move to Manchester and, you know, be 
you know, potentially long distance relationship and everything. So I didn't do it. And that was, you know, two years before the London Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone who was on that team by one person won a medal. So, oh, it's, you know, and you look at it and you're like, and, oh, oh. And there's a big crossover in our in our sport. Physiologically, it's yeah. very, very similar. Obviously, very different disciplines, but same muscle groups, same duration of time, same ischemic position, um, which is something that had you know we've looked at in the lab has this massive crossover. And yeah. you know, I was good on the bike, so but yeah, I didn't I didn't do that. And I when me and my ex broke up, I thought I've made that decision for somebody, and what a waste. And I watched the London Olympics, and I was kind of gutted that I was do with it and it was my first the first Olympics I'd watched since my sport and I couldn't even watch it you know I didn't want to look because this Olympic dream that I wanted for so long my entire life was over Mm -hmm. and it was like almost like losing it twice yeah um but I did go straight when I when I retired and I went into a gym to work at is where I met my husband so it's one of those moments that if, I mean, if I'd have moved to, I wouldn't have gone there. I wouldn't have met him. And it's very, I think if I hadn't met him, I would definitely would have regrets around those decisions or the decisions I made for other people rather than for myself. But it's hard to have that. It's hard to, when, you know, you finally meet that person that's, you know, the person you're going to spend your life with, you can't have regrets. It's very hard to be disappointed in those decisions when, you know, ultimately the, the thing that really matters is who you share your life with. And a hundred percent. So yeah, that basically healed me and helped yeah. me from that. And you know what? I think sometimes when we can pinpoint a moment or something that happens and to be like, oh, okay, well, I can kind of cover that wound with this because it made this happen. I think it can, as you say, it makes the pieces fit easier and makes you kind of think about it in your brain a lot, a lot better of why everything happens for a reason. But how did you actually meet your husband then? Were you working? Was he a client? Like yeah, I think we were both working on the, on the gym floor. So we were both trainers. Um, so yeah, just working out at the same, at the same facility. Did you know when you first saw him, like, did you kind of like, how, how did you kind of start that attraction between the two of you? We just had, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in chemistry. We just had such huge chemistry and you know, when you, I sound really soppy, but you know, when you can just feel that somebody is there, as soon as that person is in the room or as soon as their presence is there, you're very aware of them. Totally. Um, I was always aware of, you know, when he was around and stuff and I, you know, we're at work at the end of the day. So I didn't look at it for quite, for quite a long time. Um, but then when, yeah, when we finally got together, we, we were inseparable. It's like, you know, instant. And we had this huge connection and we just were, like I say, inseparable. and just wanted to know everything about each other. And it was the first time I've ever really felt, he gave me so much confidence mm-hmm. um, and really accepted me for who I was and made me talk because I was never very sort of a never an emotional person not much talker I keep everything to myself and he made me talk about everything you know anything that had ever happened he's like so you've been through this you've never even mentioned it but I know this is you know this is what you've been through and he made me talk about things and um I don't know it changed it really changes who you are when you trust somebody enough to really tell them how you feel about things and really open up it's all just to be tough yeah of course it's what you've been been just get over it get up and go again you've got a race in 45 minutes you've got to go you know you've just fallen and you're devastated but you have to you know get over it and move on 
Um, so I've always been good at putting stuff in, in boxes and not addressing things and it never really resurfacing. So that's what's kind of handy. Yeah, no, uh, and it's, it's so great because as you said, you can really like pinpoint all these moments of like, if you had have taken, you know, the job in Manchester and gone into the site, I mean, I doubt you would have ever met him. Yeah, no, of course I wouldn't have. And do you ever think what happens if you would have taken that job? I mean, do you think, again, like how different do you think your life might have been if you'd have taken the cycling and gone to the Olympics again? Well, I mean, there's, there's two, there's two parts there, isn't there? It's like, if you'd have, if I'd have gone, you know, you can think of it in the most sort of, you know, sort of, I can't think of the word, but if I'd have won a medal, if I'd have gone to the Summer Olympics and won a medal in London and it had been huge, obviously, because it's in your hometown and everything, of course your life is going to change. But there's always a, a huge come down from that. And really, yeah. there's only very few people, even amongst all these women, there were lots of winners. I, wasn't, I wouldn't have been the only one. Yeah. Everyone won in London. We cleaned up. So, um, you know, does it, does it really mean anything to anybody else? Is there really a career after it? And does it take you anywhere? Because there's only a few people that have actually really done something mm-hmm. with it afterwards or it's led to another career. So maybe you just have that and then it's over. And, you know, it's obviously an amazing thing to be able to achieve your dreams, but the end result potentially is, is the same. You know, I felt basically at 30 years old when I retired that I had left school at 30. I'd done nothing else and it's all I cared about. So then all of a sudden it's like, gosh, what do I, what do I do now? All my friends are established and they're in their careers and they know what they're doing. And I was like, well, I guess I need to start again. You know, he's basically starting from scratch. Yeah, I think as well, it really shows that everything happens for a reason because, you know, you thinking about you sitting there wishing you had won the medal, blah, blah, blah. You you wouldn't have taken that job. You wouldn't have been in the gym. You wouldn't have met him. And actually, I think one of the points you made was that he's giving you something for life. Whereas that medal may have just been, you know, that high for the minute, but it doesn't last forever. And it's really nice that you've managed to find him. And it's, I love people finding now. Yeah. My business partner as well. And we've built this amazing thing and, um, neither of us could have done it without each other. You know, we have very different things to the table, but neither of us could do this on our own. That's, it's such a good work love story. I love office romances. It was, <laughs> it's, it's very good. Um, and I guess this leads on to your your last moment, which is um, talking about your business. And I'm really interested to hear about this because you say there was a very difficult business decision that you had to make, which basically left you broke in no man's land with your business and all of your life. And you said it was rough, but the comeback was really strong and you 100% wouldn't be where you are now if you not had done it. So um Do you want to explain a bit more about the decision and explain why you kind of had to make this difficult decision? Well, we, so we had a previous business. So before Raw, we had a very similar thing, um, you know, same, same setup and everything, just a different name. And um, we're in partnership with, with somebody. So, you know, we were sort of 50, 50 in this, in this business. Um, And it just, it just started to go, we were influenced by them and, so it just like to go in a way that I didn't, I didn't like. It was What's no it longer option. It was, I was almost embarrassed by what we were having to put out there. And it became very much just about money um, and the things that we really believed in and things that we know about. We know this industry and, and our clients, everything was just getting really lost. And I, I wasn't proud of it anymore. I wasn't passionate about it anymore. And I knew where it was going. Um, so, I mean, a very long story, I won't go into all those details and everything, but basically it got to the point where 
we parted ways um, and obviously a huge legal stuff going yeah. on. But, and I mean, massive, you know, it was, it was horrendous and very, very stressful. Um, but we had a year non-compete um, and, and also a, a gagging order. So I couldn't even tell anybody what was, yeah. what had gone on. Um, but we basically had to say goodbye to everything. So we built this business and it was very successful. Um, and we had to, in the end, it basically in the, in the legal stuff, it got so deep and so much money and really, really negative. And I thought, what are we fighting for here yeah. now? We're fighting to keep this business that we don't even love anymore that is like killing our souls yeah um and so we we made the decision to to walk away and so we left everything that we'd we left with nothing we left everything that you know we'd made everything that we'd built the people we'd employed um and it was really really tough to give up on that because it you know it was our signature it was everything that we'd decided and um, so yeah, it was a really tough decision to walk away and then have a year where we couldn't work. Do anything. Um, oh my God, it was just the worst, right? Oh my and, gosh. Um, but it just, like I said, it became so negative that it was just sort of taking over. And, and we just said, look, we have to start again. We need to, we are going to do it. We don't want to be part of that anymore. We want to do it our way. We want it to be our vision and our design and we we know best at the end of the day this is our world so we had to yeah like I said we had to make that decision and move on and then take that year and try and start from absolute scratch I mean you've put you know several years into building yeah. something um that and also you're probably not wired to to quit or like stop doing something from everything that you've been doing your whole life no, absolutely not. I, we, you know, I, I don't believe in giving up. I think you just have to keep going. So it wasn't, it was, it wasn't a decision to quit. It was a decision to sort of put that to bed, learn some lessons, and move on. And it was mm -hmm. a tough one because you're giving up a lot, yeah, um, and everything you've ever made. So we, you know, we left that with zero, and we had to start our business completely from scratch, and also turn it into something else. So it was us still, and it was our signature, but. I didn't want it to be the exactly exactly the same thing and to look yes. the same because it just looks like then like a copy. So like, how are we going to do this different and better? Um, so we just, we went back to, to basics. We started this, this business and we sort of corrected every mistake we'd made during that time um, and did it very differently and created something that surpassed it like a million times. Yeah. That, you know, that's like the the driver, if you like, when something, you know, like that has happened to you and then you've got this new goal and it was a, it was a huge comeback and we really did have to pick ourselves off the floor at one point. Um, but we created something so special and I'm so proud of Raw, so proud. Every time I tell people, every time somebody walks in, you know, I want to show people around, I want to feel it. Yeah. I want to show the results and people do feel it. It's the most positive environment you'll ever find. And you come in and everyone's happy to see you and everybody talks to each other. Everybody's getting these amazing results. Everyone's backing each other. All the clients, all the trainers, everybody talks to each other. It's such an amazing thing that's very hard to find in this industry in gyms you know for people to feel 100% confident when they walk in even though it's not their natural territory or their yeah. history of training um so that it is very special what we've created like I say I'm really proud of it now and you know we've expanded and and the business is doing great so it was the right decision and I definitely wouldn't be here 
if we'd have, you know, been sort of led by somebody else. And yeah, and I guess, yeah, <laughs> and I guess that you also, I think until because I've had this in my life where I've had to walk away from something. And as I say, I'm not a quitter. I don't like giving up. But there comes a time when walking away and having to rebuild because it's not authentically right for you and it doesn't cross with your values, it's actually a bigger strength than sticking with it. And do you think you kind of really learned that lesson walking away from it? Of course. And it's the same with relationships, isn't it? Yeah. Especially, I think, women they put, when you're in a relationship and you're in a relationship for a period of time and you've put so much into it and you've invested all this time in it, when you know it's not right, as soon as you know it isn't right, you need to leave. Yeah. You know, you don't have to know that someone is the one immediately, but as soon as you know they're not, it's time to go. And I think people just stick it out and they try and like work at it because maybe they feel like, like I say, they've put all this time in or they're at a certain age where you're going to settle or whatever. But I very, obviously, because of my relationships and my, and my history and where I am now, I very strongly believe that if it's not it, if it's really not, then you have to move on because yeah. you give yourself a chance to find that person, that amazing person that's like perfect for you. And you're such an inspiration because you're so right. It's the same as what you've built because when you build your business, it's your baby and it's still, you know, as you say, if you look at, you could have stayed where you were and, you know, deep down not knowing it's right, but you would never have known the potential that you could have reached. Are you glad that you did have that business? Because I guess, you know, sometimes we we think if the thing wasn't perfect the first time around, whatever, but actually when we reflect back, you learn, as you said, you learn all the things that mattered to you most and you could build on those. And I guess, do you look back at it now being like, that happened for a reason. We started that business and went through what we did for a reason. Of course, hundred percent. I would honestly, I'm so thankful and so grateful it went that way. And even with how horrible and how bad it ended up getting, I wouldn't feel the elation when you first put the keys in the door for your first place or your second place or your third place. You don't feel that unless you've, you know, suffered the worst with it. And people, I think it happens to everyone in business, right? My story's not not unique. Everybody has ups and downs. Everybody loses things. Anyone that's successful, they haven't always been successful. Of course. People just see this overnight thing and think, oh, wow, a raw popped out of nowhere. I was like, oh, it was 10 years. yeah. 10 years of messing up. Yeah. Really get it right and refine what what it was and what we wanted to do. So, and I think that's, you know, like I said, it happens to everybody. Yeah, no. And I guess when was, so there must have been a moment with Raw because obviously it's so successful. And as you say, even turning the key when you, when you walk into your first kind of uh, building or place, was there a moment when you were like, you know what, this is like, when it all clicked into place where you're like, this was meant to be, look at what we've got, where it was just like, I can't believe we never had this at the beginning. Yeah, there was a, a definite sort of high five moments, aren't there? Yeah. Way. And it was, you know, and you think like that's it and then the next one happens. So it's like the first, we worked so hard to try and find another building mm-hmm. and to, you know, you get heads of terms. It's like, yeah, we've done it. You're not even close. Like yeah. a year of negotiating that lease. But, you know, that first bit, you're like, yes, it's like all those wins along the way. Um, but then you're so busy, you know, we open the doors and then it was like, bang, we got to go. And you're like fighting, fighting, fighting and get the clients in and, you know, do everything right. And you, it's not until it really settled and we were full. I mean, six months we were fully booked and it was brilliant. 
um, and we had this big waiting list and everything. And Amazing. it really grew. We got loads of brilliant press and loads of great people helping us and everything, which was awesome. So it was when we actually stopped and we said, yeah. well, we're, we're knackered, we need a holiday. You guys can take care of it for a little bit. And we, we went away, like I said, for three months um, and traveled around a little bit and, and just sort of took time for ourselves to chill out. It was then, I think it was like when you get to the airport and we were like, you know, pour a glass of champagne and we were like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's like years of just like trying to get to that point where we finally could take, you know, take a deep breath and sit down. Um, and then, yeah, it's like, it's, you know, those wins keep happening. You know, the second, the second side that we opened, it's beautiful. You know, yeah. first one, I'm painting the walls myself, you know. Really. Yeah, and then, then you upgrade, yeah. then you hire a decorator. Yeah, exactly. And then the next time around, I was like, right, what do we want to do here? And then, you know, we, we got to, you know, do all the touches and all the things that we really wanted to make it really special and really luxury. Um, so, yeah, that, and then you're really proud of it. I just want to show everyone. It's such an impressive building mm-hmm. um and the finishes and everything are, are great and everyone that comes in is like oh wow this is amazing and you know I still feel like that every time I go in so I you know I do love that I love that I walk in and I love training and I, I look at it. And I'm like oh I haven't used that today I need to do this and it's like I'm motivated by what we've by what Created. we've done so yeah it's so great and I guess we never take the time to sometimes reflect on our achievements and our successes. And I think that that's really, it's really key and we can't do it all the time, but it, there are those moments where you have to sit back and be like, oh my gosh, like I now have like, it's, it wasn't normal for me to say my second building, my third building, like all these things that you're saying now. And well, this it's, is one of those that yeah. you're today because I don't have time to think about this stuff normally. It's so amazing. To talk about it. Obviously, like I'm really, I'm really gushing because I love it, but um but yeah, you're like making me talk about it and reflect on it and think about the journey. And obviously I'm, you know, I'm mega animated. And um, like I said, I am very, I am very proud, but I'm like, you know, sitting here like looking around like, oh yeah. Yeah. Well done me. <laughs> you're such an inspiration. And again, what you've built in your story and your whole journey has been great. And, you know, you've inspired me today and I can't wait to see kind of how Raw continues to grow um, and how you continue to flourish in everything that you do. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. You have to come down into a class. I will. Don't you worry. Great. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sliding Doors. If you've enjoyed our chat and found it inspiring, I would love it if you could rate, review, share and subscribe. Thank you so much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.